0: Hello and welcome back to the cold email community podcast where we're interviewing industry experts on their best cold email strategies and bringing them straight to you. I'm Richard Francis, co-founder at Coldlytics and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Today we're bringing you Brandon Lee. He's a certified high performance coach and we're going to hear his perspective on social selling in a world of market automation. Although this particular episode isn't centered on cold email strategy, we felt that business owners and sales reps in our community would benefit from his vivid storytelling and tremendous insights.
1: So let's get started. So Brandon comes from a different Marketing approach. Most people in this community are here for cold email, and Brandon's background is <laughs> anti cold email. So, this should be a fun conversation to talk about where social selling and a more personalized, less automated approach can meet scale through cold email. So, that's kind of what the topic of discussion will be for this episode. So, Brandon, tell us a little bit about what you do and kind of where social selling kind of became your go-to approach.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, as you all can see, at least on the video side, I got some gray in my hair, so I've been around a little while. And uh, I've been doing content marketing uh, since the 90s. But of course, back then, we didn't call it content marketing. Uh, We just called it marketing. But uh, I've done a lot of um, work with content as a vehicle to help sales teams start conversations, develop relationships that turn into revenue. And I've done that through, um, you know, my, I, my only job I've ever had right out of grad school. Um, I did that. And then I started, um, I started building companies. And I have focused on various versions of that. Back in the old stone age in the 90s, we did it with a lot of print. And then um, when I had sold a company, I'd sold a couple companies in 2007, 2010, picked my head up, looked around and went, Hey, this social digital thing is really interesting. And as I watched a lot of companies with digital transformation with with the cloud, some got left behind and companies that were really nobodies became somebodies because they were quick, early adopters and in the cloud. I kept looking at this going, man. Digital transformations for real, and I firmly believe that right now the third leg of digital transformation is social. And COVID really, really um, illustrated the challenge that so many companies have with trying to start conversations, build relationships, and close deals in a purely digital manner. So there's there's
1: the there's the spiel. <laughs> Love it. Thanks for that background. So you for got those. It. For those listening, I have a feeling that a lot of them will not be familiar with what social selling really is. So can you just give us a quick you know, debrief on, on what social selling means?
0: Oh, man, that's, that feels like a loaded question because um, social selling is a term, I think it's a lot like the word marketing. Um, there's a thousand different uh, definitions for it, and everybody's definition is right. To them, and they will they will die on that hill and argue with you. So I feel like I'm walking into a bit of a beehive here. But look, I think that um, one of the very um, simple definitions that I've heard, and that uh, one of our customers actually created this for their organization, and what they said was, um, and I got to remember, I you know, going to paraphrase it here. Um, what they said was, it is a Platform for closing the distance between our team members and those we want to speak with. So when you see a social organization, and I love that term, an organization that sees social as a uh, medium to communicate with the outside world, and when they see social as that platform that helps close the distance between their team and the people they want to talk to, that may be clients, it may be prospects, it may be employees connecting with each other, and honestly, it could even be connecting with future employees or prospective employees, and not go through the typical headhunter route, but actually engage with people direct, direct socially, ah, like humans, instead of. Um, you know, hiring headhunters, you know, you get a $100,000 role, you're going to pay twenty five, thirty thousand dollars 30000 to fill it. What if you had a thriving social presence and your culture, your story, your brand story, all of that help people come to you, create conversations uh, rather than you always have to go out and find people. Uh-huh. So, yeah, I think that that the, you know, social selling, um, I, I love focusing on being a social organization and really just using it as a medium to first and foremost start conversations. Because conversations create relationships. Relationships turn into business opportunities.
1: Love that. I think that's a really great, you know, synopsis at the end there. So to summarize, social selling is is really the act of of kind of creating an inbound marketing environment through relationships. It's relationship driven. It's about having those connections with people and utilizing that as a marketing channel. That's could be, you know, omni channel through word of mouth to social media to yep. a podcast like this, you name it. It's all about having, that voice in the community that's relevant to you. Is that correct?
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I'll just take our example of why I'm even on your podcast and why you and I have built a, you know, in the early stages of building a a relationship, a business relationship or friendship is I had somebody I engaged with online. And when I say engaged, I didn't try selling him. He didn't try selling me. We talked. It just happened to be in LinkedIn. And then that moved to uh, some direct messages, which moved to a phone call. And then that person introduced me to you. Right. And here we are. So, um, you know, I didn't reach out to this individual with my brochure, which is what a lot of cold outreach ends up doing. It's like, here's our brochure information. Um, I, I reached out to him as I like to say, and people make fun of me all the time, but uh, that's okay. I can handle it is I, you know, I reached out with my heart because at the core of who we all are, we're all people. And, and this is where I go back to, um, I love to say how much business I've done that started with a drink in my hand. And what I mean by that is in the bar, in the cocktail party, in the, the, um, you know, the welcome event at a conference when everybody's got a drink in their hand, that's when you start conversations. And if you walk up to somebody and you start, you know, blurting out uh, brochure information to them, they're going to either throw their drink at you or probably people are more polite than that, but they'll walk away and go, dude, shut up, get away, right? But if you have a drink in your hand and you start talking, oh, where are you from? Oh, you know, whatever, you have human conversations, you find some common ground and you start to develop into more of a trust based relationship. That's where opportunities come from. And I'm a little old school, but my first job I had, my first job was my sales job, and it was drilled in me. My job was to be known and to be liked and to be trusted. If yep. you can do that and bring them in, then the rest of the team, we're all gonna help you know—help them solve their problem or achieve their goal. But your job as sales is, is to do that.
1: I like it. Yep. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. So from, from the other side of the table here on my end, where I've largely gotten experience through cold and direct outreach, it's funny because the way that you connected with the gentleman that introduced us, I had introduced myself to him with uh I would I, I would hate to call it a brochure, but it was a brochure. At the end of the day, it was yeah. a LinkedIn message that I sent to him that was a cut and paste from something else that had some form mm-hmm. of relevance, like hey, saw us both both engage with this post. So it was a little bit of a social aspect, but for the most part, it was definitely a cold outreach. Yeah. And so our conversation was more down to brass tacks of you do this, okay, I do this. Maybe we should talk. Okay, great. I know somebody I can connect you to. And that's how that relationship formed. And now on the flip side of the table, without naming the individual, you have built a little bit more of a of rapport and, and kind of trust with this individual going into it, which of course is why you said, Hey, yeah, I'll, I'll chat with Matt. I'll chat with coldlytics. Um, so it's gotcha. really interesting to see that, Hey, both approaches work. They both have their place, but you know, I'd rather be in your shoes to be frank. I love the the positioning That's that true. you come into it from because you come from a place of trust and reliability versus, right. I'm going on a whim because I don't have that level of relationship that you've established.
0: Yeah. But you know what? I do think that there's, and this is where, you know, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll bat on your team uh, for a little bit here is I, th- I think that there is opportunity for cold outreach and, and maybe just a slight, like I, I tell my team a lot, you know, let's just slightly look at things a little bit differently. And all of a sudden you got this new perspective. Um, what if instead of sending out an email cadences, brochure type information. What if we were able to send out stuff that it was a little bit more human? And, and here's why. And we can talk a little bit about what that really means. And I can, I can feel it and hear it already. People in the audience just cringing and going, ah, what do you mean? And I'm literally, I, I, I go back on this and it was 2016. I was speaking at a conference in Las Vegas. There were about four or 500 people in the room. And I was talking about this back then, and there was a woman in the third row that could not have made more physical gestures about how disgusted she was or how wrong she thought I was. I mean, she's sitting there just going, shaking her head. You know, I got COVID hair still, but shaking her hair violently and just like, no, that I was so, you know, FOS with what I was saying but hear me out. It's um, we've done my, my partnerships and I in, in social selling with DLA Ignite and my funnel amplified business, we've done a lot of research on engagement, right. Um, And the types of posts and we we call it the, the content value hierarchy because, you know, you got to put a name to everything. Right. But what we found is that when you, when you share, advertising you content, you share brochure type content, um, it gets the lowest engagement because you know social is social. And then as you go up the value pyramid and you start getting into things like you know authorship. Um, and then up at the very top of it is the humanizing stuff. And, and what I mean by that is um, a couple of weeks ago, I shared a post and, and I love this when someone goes stop sharing Facebook content on LinkedIn. It's like, okay, um, go away. Um, that's like telling me in a cocktail party to not share with people or ask people questions about their family or where they went on vacation. Right. It's like, Oh no, we're just supposed to sit in here because we're at a conference and only talk business. Like it's it's totally counterintuitive. That's right. the whole reason why we have expense accounts to take people out and go break bread and have wine and have meals and get to know each other it builds trust and leads to closing deals yes but if we but if we can't be in front of people we can't be face to face we can't share a bottle of wine or or share a meal together how do you do it this way right well so i posted in linkedin Um, A picture of my wife and I, we were at an Eagles cover band concert. It's summertime, so it was outdoor. There was thousands of people. And I posted on there about, and I shared like, hey, I love my job. I love what I do. But I also enjoy so much being on the weekends. And this is what I'm doing with my wife. And these are the things I've done with my kids over the last few days. And I shared it. And honestly, it was the most engaged post that I had over that past month. And I, and because it was engaged by my first connections, it started exposing it to my second connections. And then I had people that were my second connections that would post in there and go, oh my gosh, I love the Eagles. I hope you had fun. And I'd go in and go, oh my gosh, it was a blast. And then I'd go, oh, we're not connected. We should be connected. And then we got connected. And then it's like, well, what do you do? How can I help you? What do you do? Let's get on a phone call. And that's networking. And those are conversations, and conversations are the foundation of any business deal whatsoever. So, all right, I'm going to pause. I kind of went off. I got all in my soapbox and got all passionate
1: there for a minute. No, this is good. This is good. This is what I'm looking for. So, all that said, I think these two worlds coexist of the social selling, the network marketing, the face to face, and nothing beats it. I mean, really, we're all humans at the end of the day, and we need that. That human connection, that human relationship—it's one of the you know five basic human needs. So it makes perfect sense that that is applicable in business and outside of the office as well. Um, So I really like that. I think there's a lack of emphasis on bringing your personal life into into business, and and the just the first time we spoke, actually, you know, I was walking with my wife and daughter, and I said, "Hey, you know, I'm about 15 minutes from the house. I'm happy to chat with you on the walk back." And you said, "No." don't let me interrupt a minute of your family time. Your family's young right now. Enjoy your 15 minute walk and we'll chat later. And that's what we did. And that was really refreshing for me because I realized in that moment that, you know, I've had many situations like that throughout my young career so far, where the tone is almost like, wow, business came to the back burner. It's like, (laughs) and everybody's kind of off put by that. And so I've kind of dispositioned myself to say, hey, you know business has to come first. If you make a commitment, you make a commitment. But it's so true to you know your personal life and your business life. And finding that mend and that mesh is so so human and so natural that sometimes that is the best sales device you can have is being able to make that connection. And you know, I'll always admire you for that first interaction we have. And that'll probably be the thing I always think of when somebody says Brandon Lee. I'm not gonna think of him as always oh, an expert in sales, he's an expert in social selling. Great, but actually he's an expert in being a human being in and out of the office.
0: (laughs) And that's the most
1: valuable trait to me that you know I can have in a relationship with somebody is that they get to treat you that same way. So my question to you then, I'll turn it back over to you again, is where does this meet the cold, outbound, at scale campaigns? Because a lot of the people in this campaign, they might only or in this podcast may only be sending a few hundred outbound messages a week. Some of them might be doing that daily. And I know a lot of people that are listening want to scale up to reach out to thousands of people in a way that gets them positive results and creates positive relationships to have those conversations, but they want to start doing that from an automated place. So where does one meet the other? Where's the middle ground? Yeah, I think that's a great question and
0: I love it. So number one, I would want to say um, thank you for that compliment. I appreciate it. And that means a lot to me because that's, that's the person that I want to be, okay? And, and I say that to lead into number two is that, you know, there's nothing wrong with business-focused business. Um, I think more important for any of us is that we've got to know who we are, And we got to lead with that. I am a very relational person. And I have to do business that way because it's who I am at the core. I do business the way I do life. And it's very relational. And so I also, therefore, do my marketing and my sales very relational because it's who I am. And I have no problem, you know, if I get on a call and I, you know, I do this all the time, right? I get on phone calls with people where I'm like, you know, hey, how you doing? How's your day going on? They're like, okay, so our agenda for the day, I'm like, okay, great. I know who I'm talking to. I can move into this mode too. It's not my preference. And I also know that my best customers are more relational because we relate better. And that's that's kind of my world. And so all that to be said, your question was, how do these two worlds combine or come together and collide? And I'd say, no. So number one, know who you are, know your brand, know your story, know your personal story, know how you best show up and don't think in limitations, right? Don't think, well, if I show up this way, nobody's going to be there. That's wrong. And here's, let me give you this story. I spoke at an event years ago and I had a gentleman come up to me afterwards and we were chatting about things and I said, gosh, yeah, I'd love to help you with that. And he goes, oh, here, well, let me give you my card. I said, great. And he goes and gives me my, his card. And he goes, oh, wait. And he was, a, um, he was a real estate agent with Keller Williams. I remember that. And he goes, oh, no, I'm sorry. That's my other card. And I go, well, what do you mean it's your other card? He goes, well, this is my card for the, um, the dog rescue organization that I um, started and I run. And it's my passion. And he goes, oh, but here's my card for real estate. And I said, whoa, 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 time out. Why don't you have these combined? Because let me, let me ask you, do dog people buy houses? Do dog people sell houses, right? Yeah. Do people that have that same passion for dogs as you do, would they be more likely to use you if they knew you had that same passion for, for dogs as they did versus someone else? Like, use that uniqueifier as a, as a huge benefit to you, right? So I would say within our emails, and, and even if they are cold, number one, you know, mix up your brochure stuff, you know, tr- test something. And I don't know when you're going to publish that, but um, I'll give this as example. I've got an email that I'm going to be sending out here in the next few days, early next week. I've got a blog post that I'm publishing into my content hub, which is, you know, my funnel amplified personal content hub that is about my um, I'm in now what 40, 40 some year love affair with Manchester United, which you're in Canada, you probably know, but for any Americans out there, they're English Premier League soccer club. And I've got this story that I'm a weird American kid. I was from California. I was 13 years old. I was playing in England. I was playing soccer in England for the summer. We got an opportunity to go to this game at Wembley Stadium, which is, if you know soccer, it's a big deal. I was clueless at what a big deal it was at the time. But um, anyway, long story, I'm in line to get food before the match. And this older gentleman, three piece suit and a hat, like very sophisticated, stereotypical Brit, he looks down at me and says, Oh, lad, where are you from? Heard my accent and all that. And he said, Well, who are you supporting today? And honestly, as a young, dumb American kid, I didn't even know who was playing. <laughs> but the enemy of program when I walked in, and I just visually, I thought of, and I remembered the word united. There was a word above it, but I couldn't remember what it was. And there was another name above that, but I couldn't remember what it was. And so I kind of like flirted insecurely going, United? And he goes, oh, you're a smart lad. And he took off his tie. And I'm wearing a T-shirt. And he puts his tie on me. And he goes, you're always going to remember your first Manchester United game. <laughs> right. And now you look up, up up here, right? Manchester United soccer ball. I got my World Cup painting in the back. Yeah. You know, my son's name is Beckham. I mean, it's, it's ridiculously gross. But here's why I tell the story. Yeah. I have a customer who's somebody on the C-suite is from Aberdeen, Scotland. Aberdeen happens to be the hometown of Sir Alex Ferguson, who is the most, you know, fabled uh, coach from Manchester United and it's history. And so I'm pretty sure he's a Manchester United fan just because of that relationship. So in a, in an effort to like, if I was in a cocktail party with him, I'd go up to him and go, Oh, I heard you're from Aberdeen. Are you a Manchester United fan? Did you know? And I would talk to him about it, right. but because I can't do that in a, I don't, I don't have face to face with him. I can do it digitally so I'm going to tell my story. I got pictures. I actually, I don't know, the podcast gave me, I mean, I even asked my mom to send me pictures from way back then. That's me at 13 years old with the tie on at Wembley stadium, right? I'm going to put pictures in there, but what it is, is nothing has changed, right? If I could go have a conversation and find something to bond with somebody with, it leads to future conversations. It leads to more of, I like this guy, which leads to, man, I kind of trust this guy. Listen to what he said to, hey, maybe I could do some business with this person or refer him business. Yes. So that, I would say when it comes to email, um, test some of that. I mean, there's nothing wrong with going, hey, this is going to be a very unusual email that goes out. But part of me in business loves to do this. And, and this is a little bit about what I did last weekend. Have a great weekend. I, I don't know, but test, uh-huh. test things like that. And I, I am going to send that out as an email. Um, it'll go to our customer list who know me and know that I'm kind of this crazy, you know, American soccer crazy guy with five kids. But there's a lot of people on there that still don't know me yet. And I want to, you know, I want to demonstrate be fully who I am in a way that introduces them, because I guarantee somebody is going to look at that and go, oh, my gosh, I didn't know you were in a Manchester United. I love them. And they'll send a message back or something to go, yeah, I love them too. And it opens up the opportunity for a conversation. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, that's so relatable. Um, I think the most, the person that I would probably admire the most in the SaaS world and in the startup community is a gentleman named Dan Martell. And I've gotten more emails from this guy than I can count. And he's a SaaS <laughs> coach, business coach. and. I'm going to say 50% of his emails are him telling me a story about some telling all of us a story about something he did broke his arm biking or something out it's like I know more about this guy's personal life than I do my best friends because he sends me so many emails about it and I've never really put two and two together that hey it's just really that relationship and there's probably correlation between the fact that I admire this person and aspire to what they've accomplished in their software world and Yet, they're not talking to me about software a whole lot of times. It's mostly like, hey, half the time, this is what I did over the weekend. Here's a cool story of how it ties into to something business related. And then maybe an email later on comes through. It's like, yeah. hey, this will help you out. And suddenly that tool or that promotional email has so much more value to me um, as a result. So I think it's really interesting that one of the things I've noticed and that I have the most success with through uh, running both sales and marketing for us at ColdLytics is that. I'm very relationship driven as well, but at the same time, I'm looking to scale quickly and I don't have the means to go out and talk. I don't have the time, frankly, to talk to a whole bunch of people to then qualify it down into who can become a business prospect sooner. I need to grow the business today. And so as much as I love the more passive approach and the inbound marketing and it's sexy and it's exciting, it takes a legacy almost to build up to a point where you can put your feet up and just say, hey, everything's on cruise control you know i can almost let tesla drive this from here it's yeah. like i'm i'm a ways away i, Go I am
0: gonna i am gonna okay i'll challenge you on this too okay. come come train with me and let's prove that wrong <laughs> and 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 it's because of this because that is the big misconception with social is that it takes a really long time and and it really doesn't there's there's some strategies that we teach there's some mindsets that we teach and as I talked about the, um, the content value pyramid, um, stuff's yeah. real, like we've, we've proved it with data, but, but here's, here's what happens is if, if I'm in a room in a cocktail party and all of a sudden, and I'm whatever, I'm funny, I'm telling good stories, whatever it is. And I got a whole bunch of people around me that wanna to talk to me. Do you think it's gonna take really long for me to go turn those into uh, business conversations? No, I've generated this audience. Yeah, so right. if you have a system in place that's actually taking in the example I gave you earlier, my post went wide because um, a lot of people engaged with it, so my second connections started to see it. The theme of the Eagles cover band captured people's attention. Yeah. You know I, I you know, look, I'm, people may think I'm crazy, but my wife's beautiful that helps me. I get to put, you know, I get to go, you believe she married me, right? So that helps. And and it's just also, it's personal, right? It's, it's me and it's my wife, it's on a weekend. So it exposed it to second connections. And then I turned those second connections into first connections. And, you know, the way that I showed up with, with some of them, it, it led to conversations and this isn't the same story. I I don't want to mislead anybody, but just this week, um, we had somebody on a team that, that follows my stuff, listens and all that and said, hey, you need to talk to our CRO and scheduled it. And I got on with the CRO and one of my partners. And um, we went through like, hey, this is, this is what we do with social. This is kind of why. This is what's happening right now. And we're halfway through it. And he says, okay, okay, no, no more. How much? <laughs> right? And, and a proposal for $80,000 went out the door. Yeah. Right. And and I'm not I'm not saying that to be braggadocious by any means. I'm just saying that social doesn't have to take forever. It really doesn't.
1: Love it. Love it. You know, I think again, in my in my outbound experience, the tie-in that I see in the correlation that I've I've established is that probably the most meaningful relationships, um, well, many of them have stemmed from a cold, direct brochure style outreach, as we talked about in the beginning. It's when I actually took the time to get on the call and have the conversation like this and nurture the relationship and establish that those are the people I've had the best success with the largest relationship uh, value for the business. And personally that I've enjoyed the most working with has been through that, that, Hey, I took a little bit of time and jumped on and spoke to somebody and and took the hour out of my day to build that relationship. So I think um, in the, in the immediate term, the fastest takeaway for anybody, I think that's listening to this today is that there's a big push for automating everything and kind of dehumanizing our marketing outreach. Yeah, well, Automation has a place. Um, I think the big thing that's been missing in that conversation really is go back to being a person. You may have established the connection, you may have made that initial introduction, mm-hmm. But it's not worth anything unless you can come back and be a person and really hold that relationship's value for life. Because otherwise, it's a one-time hit. It's a quick connection. And maybe you made a sale. But they don't remember who you were. And the relationship kind of dwindles after that. It was transactional Mm -hmm. rather than really based. Yeah, exactly. And one of the things that
0: you said, Matt, that really makes me want to pause and focus on is you said you took the time to spend an hour with somebody and develop the relationship. Look, we can do that with email too. And you, instead of an hour with one person, what if you had a series of emails with thousands of people? Yes. Right. You can hit the same outcome. It's, it's you sharing of yourself and okay. that, you know, this is the human side and Hey, this is why I do things. You can talk about your business without being, this is exactly what we're good at. You know, I've got a, um, I've got a a blog article that um, I'm writing that I start with talking about the time I I fell off a bike and I got a concussion and I go into the story, but then it totally pertains to social media right now. And I go through and I give like, you know, it's, it's an allegory of sorts, but what happens is when you do that, people are so interested in the story and what's happening that when they get into the learning part, they don't feel like you're preaching at them. They feel like they're engaged with you and your story. Yes. And we all humans, we learn better. We retain more when we're emotionally involved. That's why movies and you know novels are so uh, prevalent in our cultures.
1: Incredible. You know, this is building on the first episode's theme, which was really about personalization in email outreach and, and the value of just slowing down to really not just copy paste somebody's business description and put that in a cold email <laughs> it's probably yeah. not the best approach and how that that mindset shift really needs to take place early on if you're gonna be spending yeah. your resources doing cold yeah.
0: and and here's the thing Matt is it, it's scary like I mean that is the hardest thing with social media that's the hardest thing with personal um, stories and content in in email is it's scary because we are, we we're, we're delicate, fragile people, we may act like we're not but our egos are so fragile. And, and we're opening up our heart. And, and I'll tell you, I, I go all the way back, I shared this actually on our, our digital download uh, live that we do every Friday morning. Um, I shared this today, actually, it was um, 2011. It was the first time I wrote a blog. And I wrote a blog article. I even did my own graphics, which was a huge stretch for me. And Canva didn't exist then. So I, I had to really work hard. And then I had a small little personal database um, and I sent it out and I waited. And number one, there was crickets, right? Just crickets. And then the second thing that happened is I got re- an email and it was somebody that said about your, your blog. I was like, oh, you know. Um, actually, let me rephrase that. At first I was like, Oh yeah. Cause the arrogant side of me was like, woohoo, look at me kicking butt. <laughs> and, and then as soon as I opened it, I was like, Oh, and it was, um, I figured if you're going to blog for the public, you should probably do it properly. And there was an attachment. He had taken my entire blog, copied it, put it into a word doc, hit track changes and edited everything. It was just like a big bloody piece of paper. Right. And I was like, I was mortified. My fragile little ego couldn't handle it. Right. I was like, oh, my gosh. And and I did what most people would do. I went delete, delete, delete. I, you know, I deleted the blog. I deleted all that mention of it on social media. And it took me like six months to write another blog. So the biggest thing is fear. And here's the best advice I could I could say to anybody. Just get over it. Just get over it. You know why, you know, you know why influencers are crushing it? Because they show up. I mean, it has nothing to do with their content. I mean, really, the content's the content. Everybody's talking about the same thing. It's the ones that show up consistently and they tell their authentic stories. Yeah, some people laugh at them. Some people applaud them. But a lot of people are buying their stuff.
1: <laughs> That's it. We could just tap the whole podcast right there at that last
0: day. <laughs> I hope I, Matt. I hope I was a good, be, uh, good guest for those listening. It's a Friday afternoon. I had been sick earlier this week, and I, I just had all this built up energy. And I like Matt. I had fun talking to him. So.